And until I got to the point where we are now, where we have dispatchers, we have managers, and we have other people, you know, parts runners, things like that. Now I can really work on the business. And that's what makes the biggest difference, I think, is, you know, I can focus on growing the business, advertising, things like that, and doing the things that I want to do as opposed to what I have to do. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. My name is Eric Thomas and I am the host of the show. And today we're joined by Clint Kennan from Kennan Heating and Air Conditioning. And we're going to talk about determining the right time to scale your business. Hi, my name is Clint. I'm with Kennan Heating and Air Conditioning. I'm the owner and founder of it. Um, our company's been in business for about nine years now. Um, I've been in the industry since my early 20s, about 25 years now. So um, we're small you know, we're still a relatively small company. Um, I think we're up to about 25 employees at this point. Um, we service uh, the coming, we're in coming Georgia, which is kind of a suburb of Atlanta, but we do service the northern part of Atlanta and some surrounding areas and things like that. Most of our business is residential. We do do a little bit of commercial stuff, but uh, most of it is just reg, uh, residential stuff. Nice. So you've been in business for nine years. So it seems like yes. you've grown exponentially, or at least recently, probably probably grown. Yeah, most of our growth is in the last, you know, three years or so. You know, is you know, I started out as a one man show, and it, you know, of course, it takes a long time when you're one man show to really make any progress. So the last few years, we've really grown. I think, um, and say like. Uh, Let's see it's 2020 but in 2019 we we barely you know we were just under a million and over the last you know last year we did like almost two this year we're, we're trying to do we're trying to push about five or six million this year oh nice what do you think is attributed to that growth has it been more marketing or i mean that's um you know that's something that you know i've, I've really been thinking about and it's it's not an easy question to answer because there's a lot that goes into it it's not just like you know a lot of people are like oh you know you got to quit working in the business work on the business yeah that's a part of it but there's also there's so much more that goes into it um you know there's advertising you know it's working getting the right people in place getting out of that van you know and, and it, there's there's a ton of things that go into it that, you know you've got to be on point on so much stuff you know because yeah you can you can pump a lot of you know money into advertising and and you, yeah you're going to get a lot of business out of it but if you don't have the people to do the work it, that advertising money is just wasted so there's i mean there's tons there's there's a lot of stuff we, you know our i think our big contributing factor is is you know we put a lot of key people in places in place to help me out grow you know help me grow the business and over the winter, you know, in the winter time, it slows down for us here in Georgia pretty bad because we have mild winters. So we really work on the business. And that in the winter time, we go to work. We work just as hard as we do in the summertime. You know, we get things, we get systems in place. We work on advertising. We go through, you know, everything and, and just retool it and make sure we're ready for the summer. That way we can, you know, jump on things. We, you know, we recruit real hard. We get employees in place. Um, you know, we, we make sure everything is from A to Z is in place. Yeah. 
what are some of the advertising efforts that you guys have done in the past that have worked pretty well? We, um, you know, of course, you know, Google, you know, obviously Google's that, that one thing it's like you can't do without, but honestly, I think lately it seems like it's kind of changing the dynamic of it, of advertising is changing a little bit. You know, obviously you've got social media and when, when it comes to social media, you, you go through, I'm sorry about that. Um, you go through a lot of, you know, extra things that you have to do for social media. You know, it's like now we're doing a lot of uh, videos. We're doing, uh, you know, a lot of promotions and things like that just to change it up because social social media is just one of those things where you can't just set it and forget it. It's like something you have to constantly play with. Um, this year we brought in, actually, we, we have a digital, market, uh, digital uh, marketing person, and all she does is the social media google and all that stuff so um you know google is a big big part of what we do but you know we're also very involved with yelp and uh you know we 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 try print ads we try different things with that we try um you know we we try and we try a lot of different things and we we test them you know and see what our return is on them um and we just get involved in a lot of different things because you get you i mean you've got to be everywhere because if you're yeah. not, somebody else will be. That's right. And it is always changing, especially uh, Google and Facebook. And with a lot of like privacy laws and advertising and stuff, they're changing a lot of things as well. Um, so what are some things on social media that have worked really well? Yeah, I, know, I know you mentioned video. Uh, is there anything else that you guys have tried that just have worked really well for you guys? Um, you know, we... Uh... I don't think there's any one thing that's really just like, you know, blowing the doors off the thing. It's uh, I think it's, it's, it's just a constant, you know, reminder. It, it's, I think uh, social media is one of those things where you have to constantly be doing something in there. It, it's um, you know, we, we do videos of uh, the guys working, you know, what it doesn't matter what it is, you know, anything, just something, some content. We just, you know, you gotta have content out there. You got to put something on there, whether it's a video of somebody cleaning ducks or if it's a video of somebody putting a system in or changing a contactor, you know, those videos, people just kind of get sucked into them and they just sit there and watch them. You know, they may not, they probably don't even care what a contactor is, but they're going to sit there and watch a video on how to replace it. Yeah. So I, I heard you mention that you guys have a pretty mild winter. Uh, how long does that typically last for? um we we generally we we say slow down um you know our 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 particular business slows down from about december to you know february late february um once we kind of get out of those uh three months we you know outside of that we kind of do maintenance agreements and things like that so that keeps us busy keeps things going but those those are the three those are like the dark days of our business yeah so I guess with it being more mild down there, are there not a lot of people needing heating services like furnaces or heat pumps yeah. or anything? Yeah, I mean we still have those calls. You know, we have no heat calls, of course, and we change out furnaces and heat pumps, but it's just not as it's not you know it's not as severe as it is in some places. Um, you know, and really I think that uh, you know maybe we have less of an advantage than even some of the southern 
you know, climates where if you go to South Georgia, it's probably warmer, longer. Here, it's like really mild. So we have no heat or, you know, there's no, no heat calls and there's no, no AC calls. So, um, you know, we just have to kind of do what we can and uh, focus our efforts on other things like indoor air quality, um, you know, and, and, you know, maintenance agreements and things like that. You just have to offset it some way. Yeah. What are some things that you guys are doing to push or I guess um, educate people on indoor air quality? You know, that is, it's pretty easy. All you have to do is just mention it, talk to the customer about it. Cause most people, you know, especially with COVID now, people are interested in that stuff. Yeah. They may, they're, you know, that customer's not going to come up to you and ask you, Oh, Hey, what do you have for indoor air quality? What do you, what do you have that's going to clean my air and get rid of viruses? They're not going to come up. All you have to do is mention, it. you just talk to the customer and bring it up in conversation. Hey, are you, you know, are you concerned about cleaning the air in your house? You know, there's also cues. We, we try and talk to these guys about, you know, signs or cues that the customer that hat that may have, uh, you know, obviously if they've got a uh, $20 filter in their, in their, in their furnace right now, then obviously they're concerned about indoor air quality. So, that should be the first thing the technician sees like, Oh, Hey, this guy went to home Depot, bought a $20 filter and put it in here. He obviously cares. So maybe I should talk to him about a media filter or an air purifier or something like that, because there's obviously a, a concern there. So you just talk to the customer about it. Say, Hey, why'd you pick this uh, $20 filter? Yeah. Have you noticed a lot more people purchasing like air scrubbers uh, yeah. from you? Yes. We, uh, I think we've probably sold over this winter, we've probably sold about 30 or 40 uh, air, we sell Ream Halos. Um, yeah. We sold probably about 30 or 40 of those things. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's at the top of top of mind. Um, we believe in them. So we have, we installed them here in the shop. Uh, a lot of our employees have them, love them. So, you know, we, we have that testimony there then. So it's a, basically it's an easy, all you have to do is convey that information to the customer and it's an easy sell. Yeah. And they're pretty easy to install. Yeah. Yeah. They're very easy to install, very reliable. They're adjustable. You know, they, you can fit them to any home there is out there. Um, you know, even a lot of commercial, uh, projects are actually reaching out to have estimates for, uh, like schools and things like that. Wow. So do you all take on, I know you mentioned that you guys do like commercial. Do you guys do schools and stuff as well? No, we don't. We uh, we don't really get into the industrial stuff. We do maybe you know, like a shopping centers and things like that. We do like really like commercial stuff. Yeah, we we try to stay on our comfort zone. You know, anything outside of that just it becomes a headache to do. Yeah. So, you guys are pretty close to Atlanta. Are you like you're just outside of Atlanta? Yeah, we're about probably twenty miles north of Atlanta. Okay, so do you guys ever go down to the city for? service calls or you mainly stay in your right. area yeah we that's you know we go to atlanta that's probably about the furthest out we go because it's only about 20 or 30 minutes to hit, hit atlanta so but yeah yeah we, yeah we go to atlanta we go pretty far north up in the in, in the georgia too as well what are some of like the biggest differences that you notice between the customer base in atlanta and more northern of atlanta in regards to like the needs um, and stuff. Yeah, it's um, you know when you get into Atlanta, you'll get into some high rises, things like that. You know, they're uh, you know you'll get uh, water source heat pumps and things like that. But uh, you know most of it, um, 
You know, I, you know, I think there, there's not a whole lot of uh, differences. I think everybody just wants to be comfortable and be, you know, be comfortable in their home, no matter where it's at. Um, I don't, I don't see a whole lot of difference in maybe what a person in Atlanta would buy as somebody in North Georgia would buy. They're, they're looking for the same thing. They're looking for some a quality product that's going to make them, you know, comfortable in their house. Yeah. So I know you said that it's really been like the past three years that you've seen the the most growth, uh, but you've been in business for nine years. So um, for those other years, I guess the more the startup years, what were some of the biggest pain points that you faced? Well, you know, that, that's where, you know, you're the one man show and you're beating all these drums. It's like, you just, uh, you know, it's, it, it almost becomes to where you just don't want to do it. You know, you have to deal with the customers. You have to deal with the phone calls. You have to fix everything. You have to do all the accounting. You have to do everything. Um, those are the biggest pains is just having to spread yourself so thin. And, you know, once you can get over that, you can really, you know, like I was saying earlier, everybody says, oh, you got to, you know, you got to quit working in the business and work on it. Well, you know, I, I thought three years ago when I got out of a van, went in the office, that's what that meant. But that's really not what it was because when I went from a van to the office, all I was doing was working in the office. I was doing payroll and I was doing, you know, answering the phones and I was doing dispatch and doing all this stuff. I was still working in the business. I wasn't working on the business. And until I got to the point where we are now, where we have dispatchers, we have managers, and we have other people, you know, parts runners, things like that. Now I can really work on the business. And that's what makes the biggest difference, I think, is, you know, I can focus on growing the business, advertising, things like that, and doing the things that I want to do as opposed to what I have to do. Yeah. So what does that look like day to day? Well, you know, I mean, there's still, you know, I like to, I, I still come in the office early. You know, I like, I, I enjoy coming to work. You know, I like to get up early and be here when guys get here and meet everybody, talk to everybody, you know, ask them how their weekend was and things like that. And then, you know, get them started and, you know, answer any questions. Cause I think it's important, you know, to show them that I appreciate them and make sure they're getting a good start to the day and, you know, not just kind of let them run loose. Um, so I get here, you know, talk to everybody, kind of hang out for a little while. Then, um, you know, I come in like this morning, I came in, got everybody kind of, you know, talked to everybody. And then I came in and started working on KPIs, uh, you know, going over last week's numbers, looking at advertising numbers and things like that. And then, uh, you know, of course I do things like this. I have the opportunity to do this. And we make, uh, we will probably make a little Facebook video or something later. And then uh, whatever else just might arise, you know, we, you know, it's about focusing your energy on growing the business. And that's what, that's what I try and do. And, you know, be in the face of the company. Yeah. So if there was a one man shop out there, uh, cause a lot of, a lot of our listeners are one or two man shows. Uh, they like to listen to it when they're in the truck between jobs. What's some yeah. advice you'd give them for taking that next step to be able to work on the business? Yeah. Um, you know, you just gotta, you gotta figure out what you can delegate. You know, I know it's, it's hard and it's, it's easy to say, okay, yeah, you need to do this and you need to do that when you're, but when you're a one man show, when do you find the, where do you find the money? Where do you find the time to do it? 
And that's what you need to focus on is you need to figure out how you're going to get the money to hire a manager if you need a manager. How are you going to find the money and time to work on advertising and things like that? That's what you've got to figure out. You've got to figure out some way. You've got to come up with some kind of plan so that you can work yourself out of that van. There's, uh, you know, just, just working your butt off every day from daylight till dark. You're, you're not going to go anywhere because there's only so much one person can do. You know, there's only so much money one person can make. So you've got to figure out how you how you can get out of that box. Do you think that a lot of people experience burnout because of that, where they, they want to work sun up to sundown until 8 p.m. every night? Oh, yeah, you everybody's going to do that. I mean, I was there. But I, believe me, I was on call for five years straight. You know, weekends, nights, holidays, you know, no vacations, nothing. I was there. I was that dude. And uh, finally, I was decided, hey, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to the next level. So, you know, I just I kept working on my plan, you know. And sometimes, you know, you move forward one step and back two, but you just got to keep on pushing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, everybody's going to get burned out doing that. So you just got to come up with a plan, you know, figure out what your weaknesses are, what your strengths are, and you got to work on that. Yeah. Would you say that generally speaking you're – uh, more fulfilled with your career and your work day to day now than you were when you were taking service calls 24 oh, yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, there's, there's a lot more freedom in it. You know, there's, like I said, I still come to work every day, but mm-hmm. if I didn't, the show would still go on. I mean, I could, I could have laid, I could have stayed home, laid in bed all day if I wanted today. That's not the type of person I am, but if I, if I made that choice, I could do that. You know, I, I definitely, you know, now it's, uh, I can, uh, you know, every day at four, four o'clock, I go home. I don't worry about what else is happening. I've got other people to take care of it. So yes, I definitely feel much more fulfilled now. So, you know, there, there is a, you know, pot of gold at the end of, at the, end of the rainbow. It's just, you got to get that, get to that point. Yeah. What's some, what's some tips or advice you would have in regards to hiring quality people that you can trust to keep running the business when you leave at four o'clock. Cause that seems like a pain point for a lot of, of a lot of contractors out there is finding people who they can trust, they can pass a background check and have a driver's license and all that yeah. new stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, that's one thing I'm probably the most trusting person there is. So that's probably not the right answer for me because I, I trust everybody. I give everybody second chances and a lot of times it hasn't worked out, but you know what, if you keep at it, you'll find somebody eventually. Um, you know, we, you know, fortunately, we've got a good, uh, reliable family here. Um, you know, we've been very fortunate, but we have had some that didn't work out, and that's just the way it is. Um, finding people is hard. It is. It's it's very hard. But once you, especially if you're small, if you're very small, it's even harder because nobody really wants to go work for a one man show because they don't they're they don't they they're unsure of it. They don't. There's not stability in that. So once you get more people in, it's easier to find better people because, I mean, just not only because you're bigger and you seem more stable, but plus you have that, um, the uh, relationship that, that all those people have with other people. You know, if you hire a good service tech that's come from a large company prior to you, if you need more techs, you just say, hey, Chad, you can go any other check, text, any good text. And more than likely, he's going to know somebody. So 
the larger you get, the easier it is to hire people. It's just, you gotta, you, you know, you don't have to step out on a limb that first time and just and hire somebody and, and try and try and do it as, as best you can, but it, it may work out. It may not, but you just gotta keep trying. Yeah. So what would you say like the best first position would be to hire other than like maybe a helper or an install tech, like as far as like office or admin stuff, what do you think the best person to hire first would be? The, the first person I hired was a dispatcher or general office uh, person. Um, that way you get off that phone. You can focus on at least, you know, doing your repairs or whatever it is. That's the first thing I did. I hired a, uh, a dispatcher so she could answer the phones and things like that. And, and, um, and sometimes you might even get creative. Um, the first dispatcher I had, she worked from home. She was a relative of mine and she answered the, you know, she was a stay at home mom. And I was like, Hey, why don't you just answer the phone? And, uh, we, you know, we, we purchased some dispatch software. I showed her how to use it, bought her an iPad and we did that. And that at least, at least, at least that way I could work with customers and not be disturbed. And then I wouldn't have to go home at the end of the night and make 50 phone calls. That's probably the first thing I would do. And then you just kind of have to work your way up from there. You know, what you bring in, is going to really dictate on who you can, you know, hire. You know, if, uh, if you're doing a lot of installs and you may want to hire an install crew or, or hire a sub to do them. Uh, it's going to cost you more to do that. You're not going to make as much, but you've got to get to that volume and make those little baby steps. Yeah. So after you have a dispatcher, say that, you've got you've got an install tech you've got a helper uh or say you have a full install crew there's three people uh and then the dispatcher what what else do you think would be like the best thing in the office um other than dispatch to be able to help with lightening the load even more um I mean, it, it, you may want to look at what your weaknesses are. I mean, if you're not a very good salesman, then maybe you hire a sales guy. Or if you're, you know, not really good with dealing with customers, maybe you hire a uh, a general manager or something like that. Um, you know, it, it's kind of a um, it's hard it's hard to say. You know, every business is different, but it depends on maybe what your weakness is or something. Maybe it's something that takes up most most of your time. Maybe it's a service tech you hire. Um, you know, it could be anything. Um, I think what probably really helped me out a lot was I hired a general manager, uh, to take over the day to day operations. Uh, that helped me out a lot. It kind of took me away from doing the payroll stuff and the administrative stuff. And, you know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into business. It's, it's, uh, you know, he does a ton of things. He's, he's um, you know, dealing with, you know, if it's even a phone issue or, uh, internet problems or whatever it may be, he kind of takes that load on him. That way, I don't have to sit here and deal with all that stuff, and where it consumes all my, all of my time. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to find like the golden matrix for yeah what what I call like phases of development, so that yeah. you could like if someone could create that, I feel like that would go a long way. Where it's like, all right, at year three you're going to hire a dispatcher at year five. You're going to have these amount of people working here. Like well, you know, and you, yeah, I mean, you could do that. And it's, you know, we kind of work on a, I, you know, I call it a uh, organizational chart. As mm -hmm. far as employees go, we have one for the people that we need and um, the positions we have available. Um, but you know what? It changes all the time. 
Uh, you know, one day we may need a sales guy. The next day we may need a, just a helper for an install crew, or we may need a, a lead uh, install manager or something like that. It's going to change. You can, you know, which that's, you know, I mean, it's good to plan for that. That way you know at least what you're looking at and have that progression so you can see how you're progressing. It's going to change, but at least you have an idea of, of a direction to move forward to. Nice. Cool. Well, well, Clint, what's a good way for uh, any of the listeners to be able to get a hold of you or uh, learn more about your business? Well, they can always go to our website. It's kenanhvac.com, or you can email me. My name's Clint. It's clint at kenanhvac.com. So uh, if you want to reach out to me that way, I'd be happy to talk to you or whatever. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. Rival Digital has just launched our very own private Facebook group exclusively for HVAC contractors. Here you'll be able to network, connect, and pick the brains of other contractors and learn more so you can grow your business. Check us out on Facebook, Rival Digital.